You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our Market Talk podcast, including our Brexit update. Today is Tuesday, 24th September. My name is Gavin O'Carroll from AIB's Treasury Dealing Room. Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist, will bring us through the latest Brexit update, followed by an overview of central bank decisions on either side of the Atlantic. Ollie, good morning. Brexit is 37 days away and the important EU summit, more importantly, is Thursday 17th of October, three weeks from next weekend. Sterling has held on to gains near 88 to 89p range over the past week. Just bring us through where you think Brexit is at. It's fair to say moves or discussions are intensifying to try and get a Brexit deal at that EU summit. As you say, it's only three weeks away. Today is Tuesday. We're talking about Thursday. Three weeks is the heads of state uh, meeting. Now, there have been discussions uh, between the Irish authorities and uh, the UK at an e- UK and EU level. We haven't. It's, it's all around the, the backstop and trying to find an alternative arrangement, the backstop that prevents a hard border uh, on the island of Ireland. We haven't seen anything c- uh, concrete. I think what markets are taking their cue from is the body language in terms of the mood seems to be good amongst politicians, uh, good soundings from politicians. I think... Also, the market realises that it's in everybody's interest to try and reach a deal here. Both the Irish government, the DUP in Northern Ireland, the British government and the EU. Now, there's still a lot of work to be done the next three weeks to get a deal and to to ensure that a deal can get through the UK Parliament. So I think Sterling will be keeping a very close eye on developments. Um, It might get increasingly worried if we move towards mid-October and there's no sign or shape to concrete proposals as an alternative to the backstop. Uh, so I think uh, this could be a volatile couple of weeks. Uh, now, like a lot of EU discussions, it may well be done at the last minute in terms of that, that EU summit, but there'll have to be a lot of prep work done a- ahead. So I think what the market was taking its cue from was Mr Juncker was quite positive in terms of, yes, we can get a deal done. Boris Johnson's is positive we get a deal done. The Irish government is a bit more um, concerned here and saying work needs to be done. We need to see concrete alternatives which we haven't seen yet. So it's probably been the most cautious in its approach uh, to date. Uh, but we'll wait and see. So Sterling is hopeful. I would say hopeful that a deal will be done. We have seen it gain ground over the last month to six weeks. It's come all the way, you know, the euro's come all the way back down from 93p down to 88. Uh, we're certainly around 88p level on Monday. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, in terms of what emerges in the next couple of weeks. So it's getting, you know, the, the clock is certainly ticking in that front. Timelines are tight. And there's been a number of uh, Sunday papers as well just pointing towards, like, the, the, the pressure is ratcheting up, particularly on Johnson. But as you said, it's understandable that the Irish government would be reticent to go and say there's much on the table just yet because the timelines are to- so tight. Yeah, and there's we still haven't seen concrete proposals. Now, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I say the markets are taking their cue from the positive body language of a lot of the politicians, mm. and particularly Mr. Juncker saying we can get a deal here. But we haven't seen the outline of that deal yet, uh, and markets will be nervous as we run up to that deadline or that meeting in mid-October if we don't have concrete proposals. Specifically for our customers, we encourage them to visit aib.ie forward slash Brexit for more information on the steps you can take to get Brexit ready. You can get Brexit ready. There is information on AIB's range of Brexit supports and details of AIB's early morning customer Brexit workshops being held across the country in conjunction with BDO. Next event is tomorrow Wednesday at AIB's Moser Street offices in Dublin. 
And then in Athlone, Tuesday, 1st of October, Sligo, Thursday, 10th of October. And then we finish in Waterford on October the 16th, just before that Thursday, 17th, uh, EU summit commencing. So please visit aib.ie forward slash Brexit or call 0818 300081 anytime between 8am to 9pm, Monday through Friday, to speak with one of our 32 Brexit advisors across the country. Ali, thanks for the Brexit update. Let's move on now to the US Fed. Seems to be divided views from the FOMC. Yeah, well, the Fed cut rates last week by 25 basis points, as was expected. That brings them down to 1.875%. Now, uh, among the 10 voting members, there was a split there. One member wanted to cut by 50, and two members didn't want to vote, didn't want to cut rates at all. And in terms of the outlook, what's even stranger is um, a very divided Fed in terms of where rates will go next year approximately half of them think they need to lower rates again by 25 basis points, and the other half think they will need to raise rates next year. So the medium forecast in terms of interest rates for the coming year is actually unchanged, reflecting reflecting those divided views, which is quite striking because the market expects three further rate cuts from the Fed. Um, so the market thinks that rates in the US are going down to 1.2%, 1, 1.1%, whereas the medium view from the Fed is that they will remain unchanged at one875 And... You know, the, the, nobody in the Fed, uh, the, the 17 members of this uh, policy-making committee, not one of them expects more than a 25 basis points reduction in interest rates, which is maybe a bit surprising. So there's quite a divergence there between the Fed and the market in terms of where they think rates will go over the coming year. Now, in fairness to the chairman, Chairman Powell, he said uh, in terms of the divisions and the outlook, he says the economic outlook is very uncertain. It's very easy to have policy unanimity when everybody's agreed in which way the, the wind is blowing in terms of the economic outlook. So he says there are divergent views in terms of where the economy is going, and that's then reflected in terms of the divergent rate views mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, from the various Fed members. 17 governors from across the US, yeah. and you're saying that they can't actually reach that moment of saying with certainty go one way or the other. You think it's data dependent? Well, I forward. don't think it's data dependent. The Fed chairman had told us, he says, from here on in, we, we've, we've taken, we've cut rates twice to take out insurance against the slowdown we're seeing in the global economy that how it might impact the US economy. From here on in, he says, the rate decisions will be data dependent. And in fairness, he left the door open. He said, if the US economy turns down much more quickly than we think, well, then we'll do more. We obviously have the scope to lower US interest rates. But at the moment, I think the, the, the view is it's a very unclear where the US economy is going in the next six to 12 months. And on that basis, then we'll, we'll respond to the data as they are published and unfold in the coming months. So if we get weak data on the US economy, we'll then expect further rate cuts. But on the other hand, if you know the US economy holds up better than expected, or one of the risks they've identified is the ongoing trade war between China and the US that, and yeah. how that's impacting on manufacturing and how it's impacting on exports. If that was resolved, it could it would provide a boost, I think, to the stock market and to investment and to the economy generally. And that's why I think some Fed governors expect rates to rise next year is they expect the trade dispute will be resolved. They think the global economy may strengthen and then there'll be no further need for rate cuts in the US and indeed they may have to raise rates. Remember, the unemployment rate in the US is below 4%. It's at a 50-year low of around 3.7%. So that's that's full employment. So the US economy doesn't need to be growing at a rapid rate. Their forecast is around 2% growth, which is in around 
you know, trend growth. Their expectations of inflation will be around 2%, which is their target range. They're at full employment. So that's a sort of soft landing for the U.S. economy that doesn't require much movement in interest rates. The markets, though, take a different view. That The markets are really concerned about the downside risks for the global economy, the ongoing uh, trade war between China and the U.S., and they're taking a much more pessimistic outlook of uh, growth prospects. If listeners want to read more, Ollie, you have an article in today's Irish Examiner on the subject of the Fed. Just let's move quickly across the Atlantic to the Eurozone. Just yesterday morning, there was some weak PMI data out of Europe concerning, Ollie. Very concerning. Uh, we know the European economy has lost momentum. Uh, now, a lot of it up to now has been driven by a contraction manufacturing activity, particularly out of Germany. The data yesterday showed the manufacturing sector is even weaker and very weak in Germany. Very weak in Germany. What did you say the reading was from yesterday morning? Manufacturing? It's well below 50. I think it's down 41 for the German economy. 50 is your, is, your, is, your, um, is, your, is your dividing line between growth and contraction. In Germany's case, the index has fallen all the way towards 40, which signals quite a contraction in activity in the German economy and the manufacturing sector. And what's worrying economists is the services sector has held up to now, but there's also concern there that weakness in manufacturing would eventually spill over in terms of weakness into the service sector, and that's beginning to happen. So, uh, you know, those figures were worrying. And also what was worrying in the, in the, P- the two PMI surveys is the new order component, which gives you a steer in terms of where the economy is going in the next few months, that weakened sharply as well. So the outlook is not great. Uh, the headline index is telling you what's happening at the activity at the present time. The new orders is seen as a good guide to future activity. And certainly that's that that felt quite sharply as well. So overall, uh, you know, to all intents and purposes, what it's suggesting is that the broader Eurozone economy has stalled. The index reading, uh, the flash estimate was just above 50 so we have seen a slowdown in Eurozone growth. The economy has continued to grow uh, at a relatively moderate pace, but this latest downturn in the data suggests the economy is slowing and Germany is going into recession. You uh, just flagged the EU flash there. The German figure seems to be overall flash PMIs of 49.1 and the French was 51.3. So they're either side of that 50 number that we always speak about from an Irish economy PMI's perspective has been, you know, either side of potential future growth or contraction, say, activity, contraction yes. and recession. Yeah. Well, uh, strange enough, it's the French economy's outperforming Germany now. Yeah, that's incredible. But as we said on a number of these podcasts, the problem in Germany is they're producing the wrong type of goods at the present time and selling at the wrong markets. The auto sector has been very hard hit in Germany. Uh, China is a major market for, for, for Germany in terms of its exports. China, China's economy has lost a lot of momentum. So Germany has suffered most in this global downturn, which has generally been manufacturing-led uh, investment activity hit. Uh, demand for big ticket items like cars hard hit. So its industry is most exposed to that global slowdown we've seen over the last 12 months. And it's, if anything, that from the data we saw yesterday that downward momentum uh, is increasing, certainly in the manufacturing sector. You'd expect from the ECB then more potential policy <coughs> easing. Well, obviously, the ECB did announced a raft of easing measures two weeks ago. Uh, it moved the deposit rate deeper into negative territory and cut about 10 basis points down to minus 0.5%. The markets now fully expect the ECB will cut that deposit rate by another 10 to 15 basis points, uh, given the weak data we've seen. 
Uh, obviously, the ECB is also driven by the very weak inflation picture. Uh, so inflation stuck around 1%. And you certainly don't want inflation at around 1% when your economy is starting to slow down because inflation could fall towards zero then in those sort of circumstances. So yes, it does add to the case that the ECB is likely to do more easing in the coming months. Thank you, Ollie. And listen, thank you sincerely to our customers, colleagues and all our listeners for joining us on this week's episode. Stay up to date on our latest podcast by pressing the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And we'll speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.